0: Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Heat Wave. Heat 30- Wave! In 32 days only with BrodoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, here with my brothers, the only two twins getting their heat wave on and shutting off the AC so it doesn't make noise in the background of the mics. Michael and Jason. We're
1: not the only ones heading to Hotlanta, but I'm bummed. That was the widest thing you've Wait, ever like said. Wait, like the heat wave, uh, Hotlanta? No, we're <laughs> discussing the Falcons, Atlanta. Okay. We're also very hot, Hotlanta.
0: So when you have to explain your joke, that's how you know it <sighs> you're, didn't work. you're off the podcast.
1: Atlanta is Hotlanta. Everyone knows that. You're fired. Michael, you have never sounded whiter.
0: Um, Brotofantasy.com, Patreon.com slash brotofantasy to join listeners, leagues, get a ton extra. Um, we do this every week as well during the season. Stick with us here on the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. We look at every single fantasy viable player every single week, and we give you the advice that helps you win Championships, championships.
1: Championship. Championship. Oh. Um,
0: the offensive outlook for the Atlanta coordinator, the Atlanta coordinators, the Atlanta Falcons' offensive coordinator position and head coach position look exactly the same as last year. So let's get into it. My mortal enemy, Matt Ryan, uh, is the quarterback for this team. I drafted Matt Ryan one year, and he ended up shitting the bed, and I have not liked him ever since. But for fantasy, he throws the ball a lot, so people just assume he's a top quarterback. Actually, last year, he backed up a QB1 season with a QB1 season for the first time since 2012. That's a long-ass time, people. Last year, he was a quarterback 11 following a quarterback 2 performance, 15 the year previous to that. So he does have a history of going up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. With that being said, this is his second year under an offensive coordinator, and he usually finds better um, success in his second year with an offensive coordinator. This is third year with Cutter.
1: Second or third year. Either way. Again, with the coordinator. This is actually his fourth year playing with Dirk Cutter, if you go back to Mm -hmm. his early years in Atlanta as well. Right, but third year in a row. So this is third year in a row with the same coordinator. The first time he's been able to do that in a
0: very, very long time. And we know that Matt Ryan is better when he understands an offense very well. Um, He's getting older, but he's still going to be throwing that ball and slanging that thing with a terrible defense on the other side in a dome with very, very talented people around him. As much as I hate Matt Ryan, the quarterback, and I don't think that he's the guy that can lead a
1: team to a promised land, it's pretty hard not to like Matt Ryan, the fantasy quarterback. That is correct. Sometimes volume can buoy you, and we know Matt Ryan's going to have that volume. Uh, he's passed at least six hundred times in six of his last eight seasons. He's had less than four thousand four hundred yards only one time in his career. And last year, fan- Fantasy Pros considers busting fourteen points or less. The only quarterback who this, the only quarterback who busted less <laughs> than Matt Ryan last season. Was Lamar Jackson. Ryan loves to bust. So he's not really a buster. He can, he can go out there and sling the ball for a very long time. He really delays those busts. So he has Julio and Ridley to throw to. Now he has Todd Gurley on the squad. And last year, the only thing I don't like is that his yards per attempt was the lowest in his career. But he had the most completions in his career. So that may have just been a part of what Dirk Cutter was implementing into that offense, more short, quick throws. His true throw value dropped from 5th to 15th. But when you're throwing as much as he does, it doesn't really make that big of a difference. He wasn't the MVP candidate who finished second in points. I mean second overall, but he finished 11th overall because he was a quarterback one. So he's definitely going to be a back in QB1 this season. I don't think you can say otherwise. The the Falcons passed 62% of the time in neutral game um, game scenarios last year. So they're a pass-first team. They always. I mean, they basically always have been. Yeah. So you want that quarterback? Especially, cause we don't really know what Todd Gurley is gonna bring. Yeah. Cause Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley's like ninety-one year has like ninety-one year old knees. You don't. You point. don't like Todd Gurley that much, right? I don't like Todd Gurley. No. Yeah. I. I don't know, man. I I got a little bit into Todd Gurley doing this. Oh no. Tim, I'm just gonna hopping into Todd Gurley because f you. Um, yeah,
0: I, I I will tell you this, though. You're going to be the only one on this
1: bandwagon. That's for damn sure. Dude, hold on. Last year, <laughs> Freeman and Hills combined stats. 979 rushing yards, four touchdowns. 497 receiving yards, five touchdowns. That's a 1,500-yard, nine-touchdown player. Gurley isn't getting 100% we see what, of the work. Yeah, okay, I know. But if we see what Gurley did last year... 857 rushing yards, 207 receiving yards, 14 touchdowns. Like, he's still a guy that can produce. The Rams' offense was so much better at the end of the second half last year when they started using Gurley as a workhorse again. He had more rushing yards and receptions in the second half last season. He can be what... Devontae Freeman was being picked as a first-round pick. Like, he can be that guy that can put up Very good numbers. Is he the same Todd Gurley? No. And there are health issues. But right now he's going at running back 15. I have him ranked at running back 20 because of the concerns. But he's going to be a very solid RB2 at the least. I mean, the problem I have with Todd Gurley is that, like you said, he's going at RB15, which I don't absolutely hate. Just that if you want Todd Gurley, you either have to draft him in the late second or early third. And that's just absolutely absurd to me. When you could get guys like DJ Moore, Allen Robinson, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, even DeAndre Hopkins. Like, these guys are falling to that point. If you're taking Todd Gurley before them, it's just mind-boggling to me, especially when you could get guys like Chris Carson in the late third or Le'Veon Bell in the fourth. I agree. I think his— So, I don't— I have him at running back 20, but I don't know. I I softened up to him. So, it's not like I hate Todd Gurley, per se. I just—I'm not excited about Todd Gurley. Like, I doubt he's going to be— this, like, workhorse. Did you guys know Falcons running backs went for 1,500 yards and nine touchdowns last year? Because I didn't. I mean, they're a good offensive team. That's not surprising to me. I think that there's a difference, though, because I think Todd Gurley might be washed. That's and what I'm, I'm saying, not, I'm, yeah. I'm he not was saying they're that already. He's already, like, taking days off because of his knees and he shit. He was good in the second half last year, man. His own coach said... You know he
0: he doesn't have that explosive cutting power that he used to have. Or I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you know we can still we can still get something out of him. Yo, Todd Gurley, man, last year,
1: do you know how many times he was targeted in the passing game? Not that much. Fifty times. That's yeah, decent not amount.
0: no. That is a pretty he good averaged good amount. two
1: less receptions per game last season than the year before. Oh yeah, he clearly wasn't. I mean, he but wasn't twenty eighteen Gurley, obviously.
0: But the Rams threw to the running back just as much as they did... I mean, I'm sorry. Rams running backs ran routes just as much as they did the year before. He turned 49 targets into 207 yards. That is a disgustingly disgusting 4.2 yards per target last season. (sighs) But he's a running back.
1: It's a little hard to... But that's why you're drafting Todd Gurley to be that receiving, like back. he catches a screen pass, he loses three yards because he gets hit right away. That's gonna affect well, yards per attempt. Well, then why are why did two years ago he had seven point two yards per target,
0: and well, three years ago he player. had nine he had nine point one yards per target. That's that was what I'm saying. He-, he was a much better player then, but he's getting targeted the same amount. It's just that his actual production is way lower than it was in previous years, and I don't see why that would change this year. I think that he's on the decline. Not only that, he averaged. yards per carry. That is the lowest since the John Fox debacle of 2016. But you're talking about a guy 4.7 and 4.9 the two years prior. Like it, they're not everything, but in every single metric that you look in Todd Gurley, he was worse last year than he was the year before. And they gave him up for free. They gave him up and then they spent their number two pick, their number one pick overall, their second round pick on a running back. So, they have—the the, the Rams, they have holes, and they chose to let Todd Gurley walk and not fill those holes and instead fill the hole of Todd Gurley because they did not believe in Todd Gurley anymore. And he got a, a very sweetheart deal uh, in Atlanta, and he got a really team-friendly contract. So, yeah, you take a shot on a guy like that. But I cannot— like Michael said, I can't see drafting these guys before him. I don't see a situation where I have Todd Gurley on my team, especially if you got to take him in the fourth round. No, no, absolutely not. Third, no. He's fourth the third round. round is
1: very reasonable.
0: Well, well, if you got to take him in the third round, hell no. I'm not even taking him in the fourth round. I'd rather, I'd much rather have like Tyler Lockett or Robert Woods in that spot. Dude, I did say
1: that I have my running back twenty. I'm just saying he has an appetite. I feel like people are forgetting. I'm not, I mean, I'm not arguing. Go with you. I'm just yourself. my yourself. Um, <laughs> um, what about, what about Brian Hill? Come He's someone on. That he, look, if Todd Gurley goes down, that's an intriguing name. Okay, then wait till we get to one injury away. Cause what the fudge is Brian Hill going to do while Todd Gurley's on the field? I don't know. We didn't see Todd Gurley
0: be a workhorse running back last year. I wouldn't be surprised if they split some carries.
1: <sighs> no that's another starting Brian Hill this year.
0: Well, I'm not saying start Brian Hill. What, what I'm saying when I say, what about Brian Hill is that, I don't think that Todd Gurley is automatically a twenty-five touch a game person. I think they like Brian Hill in the organization. If you read the beat writers in Atlanta, they like Brian Hill in that organization. A lot of people in that organization feel like he deserved the chance to be the starting running back this year before they signed Todd Gurley. So, like, it there is something to be said about the team likes him and that they'll probably give him carries and take away from Gurley overall. So That's I just I don't want Gurley. Um, let's go over to a guy for the first time. I definitely want, and that is Julio Jones. Yo, Julio Jones is being drastically, drastically undervalued. I never say that about Julio Jones. Julio Jones is someone I've never had on my team. But that's because in the past couple of years, you'd have to draft Julio Jones fourth overall or eighth overall. He's going in the second round. Someone is getting him after getting an elite running back. If you could pair Julio Jones with a guy like Miles Sanders or Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara... Uh, Derek Henry y- you are starting the draft in a, a phenomenal situation and the only difference between Julio Jones last year and this year is that he's a year older so what do you guys feel about Julio Jones
1: yeah I don't think we have to spend time telling people how great of a wide receiver Quintores Jones is because I mean the dude is a beast <laughs> his real name is Quintores Lopez Jones for anyone who is unaware wherever Julio came from beats me but yeah Julio Jones is a monster, but there's a very interesting piece that Michael Salfino of The Athletic wrote about how bigger wide receivers like Julio tend to fall off the cliff faster than smaller wide receivers, and it tends to come at the 31-year-old age. Julio is currently 31 years old. He's coming off his lowest career yards per reception, and he's been dealing with nagging injuries for a couple of years now. So I'm not saying there's... I'm not saying there's huge downside here, like it's still Julio Jones. I'm just saying there is a little bit of a worry of, is Julio Jones still elite, elite? But again, just because historically bigger receivers tend to decline doesn't mean Julio Jones will. Julio Jones is like this otherworldly athlete who's one of the best receivers we've ever seen in our time. Like it's it's a treat watching Julio Jones every Sunday. He's still going to get targeted a ton. And like you said, you no longer have to spend the first round pick on him. He's going in like the, the early to mid to even late second round sometimes because of the running back fever that's going on. I'm absolutely 100% happy if I'm able to get Julio Jones paired with a running back in the first round and the second round.
0: Julio Jones since 2014, wide receiver finish, 8, 2,
1: 6, 5, 5, 3. Yeah, I mean, I want it's that. awesome. I
0: want that player in the second round. Right. And, and we, we have had our qualms about Julio Jones and his inconsistencies during the season, um, but now it's baked in. Now you can get him as your second player so his inconsistencies don't kill you because even when he's inconsistent, he's never really um, breaking your team. He only busted outside the top 36 wide receivers twice last season. So, um, you know, this is a guy who, yeah, he he fluctuates in between wide receiver two overall and wide receiver, like, 30 overall. Like, every once in a while, he'll drop down to there. But if you have a guy – it, 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 like a, a great running back, you don't got to worry about that as much. Uh, let's go over to Calvin Ridley. Calvin Ridley is another guy that I that I like this year. I think that the, you, the yes, no. I think that the Falcons are going to be down a lot. Um, I feel like they're going to be throwing a lot. I feel like that's, the running game is not going to be as efficient because Todd Gurley's not that good anymore. I like so they're going to have they're going to have to throw, and Calvin Ridley is a guy that you could see getting better every season, and I like him at his ADP this year.
1: Look, Calvin Ridley had a very very nice start. To his career, he went sixty four, eight twenty one, and ten his rookie season, and then last year, sophomore season, he played in only thirteen games. He was out with injury for the others sixty three receptions, eight hundred sixty six yards, seven touchdowns. So similar seasons those two years. He was more he was more efficient his second year as a sophomore. He did end as a twenty third wide receiver overall, but he was sixteenth in points per game. The thing that gets me a little scared about Calvin Ridley. He was 37th in true target value. So he really outperformed his true target value. So that either tells you that he's just a very good receiver outperforming true target value, which very good receivers can do, which I'm not so sure about because I like Calvin really, but I've never really loved him. Or he's getting a bit lucky, mainly in the touchdown department. He has had 17 touchdowns through the first two seasons of his career. I wish I could... Now I'm just thinking about it. I wish I looked up the first two years of players' careers to see what touchdown records are. But 17 has to be a lot for a rookie in his first and second year. And he had seven touchdowns last year, only five red zone receptions. So it's not even like he was used in the red zone. Like he had less red zone receptions than touchdowns. Yeah, so he was catching long touchdowns, and those aren't always very sticky year to year. But with that being said, His current ADP is wide receiver 17. So the main argument for Ridley this season is now that Austin Hooper's gone. Rightfully so, because Hooper leaving means 100 targets are available, 800 yards are available. Maybe more red zone work is available, as Hooper had 10 red zone receptions last season. He's also looked at as inconsistent, but he was less inconsistent than you might think. Of his 13 games, 4 of them were single-digit performances, which is bad, but 8 times he was in the top 36. So he was basically, basically a startable asset every week as like the number three in that option, excuse me, in that uh, offense behind Hooper and Julio Jones. So I'm not I'm not sold that Ridley is like this heir apparent to Julio and he's going to be a beast. I think Ridley's a very good receiver. I don't think he's like an alpha receiver. But at an ADP of wide receiver uh, 16, which is what his current, excuse me, wide receiver 17, which is what his current ADP is at, you're basically drafting him at his almost at his floor. It sounds a bit crazy saying wide receiver 17 is his floor, but he he was wide receiver 16 in points per game as a sophomore with what should be a lesser role. So I'm actually I thought I was going to cuz I wasn't a big I'm not that big of a fan of Ridley. I thought this was going to go the opposite way. This actually made me more interested in Calvin Ridley because He's gonna have those spike weeks. He always does, where he's the main guy and not Julio. He has two or three of those a year, and he was uh, he has been very efficient. It's Just the touchdowns scare me because if he's not as efficient scoring touchdowns as he's been the last two years, then that's how he falls out of like the top twenty-four wide receivers. I mean, yeah, I yeah yeah, I I I
0: like I like really like how you broke down Calvin Ridley, but. I I feel like I feel like the running game is going to be so bad and the defense is going to be so bad that he's going to be more safe this year than he was last year.
1: I'm, but yeah, I I agree. I I think that could definitely be the case as well. Yeah. Um any
0: other wide receivers you want to talk about in this offense?
1: Yeah, quick shout out to Russell Gage cuz Gage ended last se- season seeing 6 targets. In five of his last six games, including 9, 10, and 13 targets. I know there were injuries around him. Ridley missed time. Hooper missed time. But Russell Gage's ADP is currently wide receiver 100. So, like, I'm not drafting Russell Gage in a typical league with short benches, like 16-man rosters. But if I have a 10-man bench or I'm in a deep best ball league, I'm taking a shot on Russell Gage. Wide receiver 100 is absurd. You don't find players who... Saw double-digit targets last season available at ADP of wide receiver 100, especially when they're young. So I'm taking a shot at him late in, like, best ball or deep league drafts. 100%. Because especially if Julio already goes down, he's hopping into a great spot. Yeah, and both have missed time each of the last couple of years. One of the reasons why... Gage is a Russell great last-round best ball pick. One of the reasons why Russell
0: Gage and uh, Calvin Ridley, the Twins, feel this way about them is because of that tight end shift over to Austin, over from Austin Hooper. Uh, Hayden Hurst comes, limited uh, success in Baltimore. We saw Mark Andrews really take the reins as the starting uh, tight end and the you know the dominant pass-catching tight end in that offense. Hayden Hurst, though, does have some experience, played 40% of his snaps um, in the slot. So, uh, does have his experience in the slot. Did have some success as a pass catcher. A lot of people were drafting Hayden Hurst before Austin Hooper early in this offseason. I am glad to see that that has died down, and Austin Hooper has now um, dropped out of the top tight ends. Which Last I think time I checked pro- Fancy Pros, Hayden Hooper and
1: Hurst. Hurst were back-to-back, and it's infuriating.
0: At, at 11 and 12? Yeah. Okay, so so a little bit off. So, he's still being drafted as a very fringe tight end one. Um, this is a guy who is who is being drafted like that because of the assumption tight ends get work in the Atlanta Falcons offense. And as I've mentioned numerous times in this podcast, um, that's just not the case. Uh, Austin Hooper was the reason why the Falcons tight end was good last year. Because before Austin Hooper, the last playable fantasy tight end from the Falcons offense is a guy by the name of Algie Crumpler. And before him, Tony Gonzalez. But you had some really bad seasons. Algae. You got some really bad seasons like Jacob Tammy and that Hawaiian guy that I've i since forgot his name. Lavin like, Toilolo? The guys that you did not even consider playing in your tight end spot. And then last year, Austin Hooper did what he did. I think a lot of that had to do with Austin Hooper's breakout season. So I'm not drafting him.
1: It Harris. also took Hooper time to break out. Right, his yeah. third year. Look. I should have added Hayden Hurst as a tight end in in the Calvin Ridley to give him another bump up because I'm sick and tired of his Hayden Hurst love fest. People act like he's landing in this glorious spot, like you said. But before last season, in 2018, Austin Hooper, in his third season in the league, on the team, where tight ends usually break out, he was a tight end nine in points per game. Last season, obviously, he was very involved in the offense. Before that... uh. He was 19th. In 2016, like you said, Jacob Tamme and Austin Hooper were outside the top 20 tight ends. Like, And then it's just terrible and terrible before that until, like, Algie Crumpler and Tony Gonzalez. They didn't start utilizing the tight end until Hooper really started to shine. And he, he was drafted in the third round to Atlanta, and he worked on his game for years there. And, dude, it's just so mind-boggling to me that, look, I understand that Hurst is entering a strong offense with a lot of vacated targets. Like I understand that, but how are people just assuming that this guy is just going to replace Austin Hooper without missing a beat? Like dude, first off, he's already 2 years older than Austin Hooper is. Secondly, he is nowhere near of a tra- nowhere even close of a track record that Hooper has, even though he's 2 years older. And third, the team that drafted him in the first round just gave up on him two years after drafting him. Like, all right, we've had enough of this guy. Like, I understand that Mark Andrews is very good, but dude, they're a run-first team. They could use a second tight end. Nick Boyle plays all the time, and they were like, I don't really care. You could have Hayden Hurst. I just don't understand why people think none of this matters. Like, plus Hurst has just, he's seen 63 targets in his career. He has one game where he's caught more than three balls. He has two touchdowns in his career. Like, he's just not on the field, and he hasn't played much. And he's been, even when he was behind Mark Andrews, he was also losing time to Nick Boyle. Like, people just assume he's going to be this huge part of the Atlanta Falcons offense. He's being drafted over Austin Hooper in Dynasty Leagues, even. Which, don't get me started about that. I'm just, I'm not going to own a single share of Hayden Hurst, maybe ever in my life. The only thing with Hurst is the Falcons did give up a second round pick for him. That's high draft capital and they are going to pass a lot. So that's why people like him. But there are many tight end options this year and I feel like people are reaching for Like how more. are you taking Hurst over Hooper, Hawkinson, Fant? Like how are you taking Hurst Herndon. over those guys? Herndon. Even Herndon, I, I I don't I don't know about I mean Herndon cuz the Jets, and he's missed time. So I, I understand why people might rather take a shot on Hurst. I just don't understand how do would rather take a shot on Hurst over Hawkinson, Fant, or uh, Austin Hooper.
0: Um, our one injury away category is a guy who will step up if missing time. I'm going to go with Brian Hill here. I know you guys are probably going to talk about Russell Gage a little bit, but I- I'm going Brian Hill. I think that Brian Hill has a, has a good chance of being the starting running back even if Todd Gurley just gets a little tweak. I think that if Todd Gurley gets to, I could see Brian Hill as this type of dude. Todd Gurley hurts his knee a little bit. He'll play, but he won't play that much. Um, some people take a shot and pick him up, but he's not really that much on the waiver wire. And then he goes out, he murders a game for 140 yards or some.
1: 140 yards for Brian Hill, Tim just said. And it's. Yeah. I don't really well, know what he's. Dude, I could, who do you think you Brian me Hill finish? is?
0: Can you let me finish speaking? <laughs> And then people spend mad money on the on the waiver wire for him. That's that's what I see as him as the ability to be. I think Brian Hill's a talented running back. Everything that it's, I saw about him last year made me think this guy
1: can play. It's Calvin Ridley, man. If Julio goes down, boy, are you a winner for drafting Calvin Ridley in the fourth or fifth round. And Russell Gage. Boom. Look at us. Three different people. Finally. I think this might be the first time. Um, you can find us on Twitter. Mike, where can they find you? At Broto
0: Mike. Jason. At BrotoF Jason. Find me at Broto FF Tim. See what we did there? And at Brodo Fantasy for everyone on Twitter and Instagram. Check out BrotoFantasy.com for the latest news, articles, rankings, podcasts, and more. Also, patreon.com slash Fantasy For as little as five dollars, you can join a Broto Listener League. Um the higher tiers actually get to play in a league with us. So if you ever want to you ever we ever say something that pisses you off and you just want to be like, I'm a better fantasy player than these fuckers. Bring it. Show us. Bring, bring it, bring it. Um, this is your chance to bring it. And uh, yeah, so check that out. We also have listeners leagues for people. And also the discord is fucking cool, man. Um, a lot of good people in that discord. A lot of people that we like interacting with and that uh, like interacting with each other. Good community over at that discord. So go check it out. They're making leagues on their own. Um, just like there's a bunch of them in a league together. It's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I'm I, I'm in a dynasty league, one of the guys that w- we met through Discord. So, holla at your boys. That's really it, <laughs> all I got to say. <laughs> Next exactly. time, we are going to be going to Carolina to talk about the Raurs. <sighs> Come <laughs> on with that. The Panthers. Panthers.
1: <laughs> Later. Later.